you know the topic I had? Screw the topic. I don't even care about this anymore. I'm going to go start doing mushrooms with Mo. <laughs> Welcome to the One More Red Podcast, where to get beyond the barbell. I am your host, Modingo, and with me is Frosty the Bro Man. What's up, dude? We're past. We're past. It was like no, we're past it, man. No, I ran on Look, Tuesday, and my I, my hands were frozen by the time I got in back in the house. Well, no, Mo, that's because you run a twenty minute mile. Well, <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm a what do you call it? I'm efficient. In, in your what? and I'm slow. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a sloth. <laughs> So I'm the guy that you want lugging the 60 because one, I can carry it and two, I'll get it there eventually. Hey guys, that just shows you how old he is. <laughs> yeah. Cause they're now no, they're slinging two forties, two forty nine, And now that's a, uh, sake three, 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 eight. Like Mo just showed how many generations. So, yeah. Totally dated myself. And that he's in there. He was in there. I was, the, was in the chair force. Yeah. So we got the leftovers. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, well, Dude, ours probably came from the museum. Every time at the base you roll up and when it would be like, uh, they would be like on uh, alert, like their Kevlar and their helmets, like they look like- They're all pristine and shiny. No, they, they look like- um, Oh, like the camouflage pattern, like two it, patterns before. Like the helmets to the side. <laughs> it, like it's definitely not something never like- Cause it's they too, were, it wasn't put together. It's too hot. <laughs> Dude, put to the side the, their flak. They're using flak jackets. Yeah, not like, IPA, yeah. Like, they're not even using plates. Like, <laughs> like Vietnam era flak jackets. And I do remember switching from the flak jackets to the plates. I was like, man, these things are not nearly as comfortable. Yeah. It's like, and these are what's going to stop this yeah. threat. Maybe. We never know. <laughs> we're hopeful. Just like we're always hopeful when Jenna's here. How you doing, Jenna? Good. How are you? I am well. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who you know you know who a good group of people are. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So we added a couple Patreon. We did. More? Well, we had one. And, and a tip. We had one okay, since our jar. last one, and to Sweet. our tip jar, we added a tip jar option. If you guys are wanting to help us out on patreon yeah, and, and you can click the link in on our instagram sweet yep and the reason we have that is to just cover our costs yeah as much as we love to bring you all this stuff but you know there are some expenses and we just want to help try and cover some of that um also um jenna needs to eat yeah so we want to make sure she gets at least a one Lacroix per show which well we need a headset yeah she needs how a much headset. are those uh, like a thousand dollars. No, those are 599. like two hundred bucks. So two hundred. Yeah. We need a two hundred dollar headset because. Yeah. Uh, but Martel said we need to make her stand. Oh, that if too. She, if she gets if she a headset, gets a headset. Head. yeah, that's definitely not happening. Sorry, you have Brandon. to if for the first one. You have to stand for the first one. And then you know, and then we also want to take care of Steph. You know, he's bought some software and stuff that we want to try and reimburse him for. And yeah, and then like like we said last episode, the our fees are coming up for the hosting and for the website. So we just want to make sure we get all that squared away and stop making Jenna pay for all of it. <laughs> she don't pay for anything. Well, she doesn't know I have her, um, her Apple pay number. Is that, that why she keep left, getting dinged? That day she left her phone here. <laughs> <laughs> but Patreons. These are our Patreons. We just add a, or added Adam Bowen. 
Wah! You have to give me your sound effect. Was that uh, our tip jar? Yeah, no, that's the our tip, tip jar. jar. Should be ching. Oh, yes. Cha-ching. There you go. Okay, that's a good yeah, one. That yeah. takes you back to um, Rally's commercial. Remember that guy? <laughs> Cha-ching. Okay, uh, David Luke Grop. <laughs> he wanted an explosion. Does that sound like an explosion? Not no. At all. Not at all. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no, it's a gunshot. Yeah. What's an explosion sound? It usually tends to make like a boom yeah. sound. Boom. <laughs> that sounds boring. Right. Yeah, work on that. <laughs> Meg Mayhem. <laughs> That's I all think, you get. Yeah, but you should play the Miso Horny portion every time. Every time. That's the. No one else knows any. No one's going to know that song now. Well, it's good enough. We all know. By the time you listen to all the episodes, it will be one song. Says the person who does not listen to our episodes. <laughs> That's a lie. All right, Ryan Burgai. Wasn't his a gun? Yeah, it was a 50 cal, and that's definitely not one. But go. <laughs> there, it was faster and more powerful. Okay. Lavana. Why man great till they gotta be great. Jerry, yeah. Keep that soul in there. She practiced. Uh, Jerry Richardi. Wow. I don't think he had a sound. No. Nope. Okay. One somebody said, and I don't I don't need a sound effect, please don't. <laughs> I forget who said that. I think it was the uh the cha ching guy. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think so too. Uh please, please don't. Yeah. Jamie Metcalf. I came in like a wrecking <laughs> She always wanted me to tell you that. Or she wanted me to do it but not tell you. And that is the truth. She did come into our gym like a wrecking ball. <laughs> uh, Tim Carlton. Wow. You not you don't have much soul today. Like I don't know. hype I'm that shit tired. Up. stuff up. I needed the pizza. Waiting on Adam to show up with the pizza. Yeah. Gareth Crowther. <laughs> Brody. Duh. Melissa was cracking up when Jenna couldn't figure out the difference between the Pink Panther and the Joss theme. Why don't you research it? I don't really care that much. Wow. Michelle Rowell. Hers was Christmas. Do I have to sing Christmas? No, Michelle Rowell. There you go. Dude, let's just do this job. Like, <laughs> seriously. She can't she had literally one thing to do. All right. Are you ready? We got someone left, don't we? Yep. Who do we got? Rick Terry. Ah. <laughs> That's so weak. All right, ready? Listen. Oh, wait. Why we're on it, I just saw David said his name is David Luke Grop. Can I get a guitar riff as my sound effect? Come on, that's what you got. Yeah. No, that's a bass. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Think of the Who or something like that. Like on uh Who No the what's the the Dead People show in Las Vegas? Uh where they work in the corners no, office. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go on limb that it ain't gonna matter because she's <laughs> She well, came in. I'm look up she came in to do an explosion. It's got to be that who. Da-da! Da-da! <laughs> What's this? Guitar sound? That's fun. 
That's yeah. my guitar sound. Oh, this is the most important. How am I supposed to do that? It actually sounds pretty good. Yep, I do sound good. goodness. Wait for it. All right, the people don't want to hear it. Jaws the whole time. There it is. Yeah. I can't do that. I'm trying to find what he said. A guitar where, riff? No, where did he message us on Adam when he said don't? Oh. I'd rather not have a... Please don't have a sound effect. It was yeah. Instagram, but... Anyways. Moving on. Well, but Th- you look like you're having a lot of pressure trying to figure that out, Jenna. I know, it was rough. But... Thanks, guys, seriously, for the Patreon. Yes. Sorry for the extended version, but if Jenna yeah. would do her job, we'd be more crisp in the delivery, but she sucks. <laughs> but today's episode, talking about pressure, this is, we talked about this uh, when we were recording last time and, and broke through this one out, but we wanted to save it for this week. Um, where'd this come from? My brain? Just... Was it one of those uh, dude? Here's what driving I, down the road thoughts. I don't. I get. A, I don't know. When I get something I, th- I think could be good for the podcast, I type in, open my notes, type in podcast as a header, and then go down and type what I think, and mm-hmm. then roll out. And that's it. That's it. So now when I f- we need ideas, I just go to my notes, type in podcast, and then all my thoughts come up. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice. So, but yeah. So I don't know. I, I think that so pressure is temporary. Um, I think. Uh, Actually, it was because I was kind of feeling like a little bit of pressure mm. uh, a couple weeks ago, and and then you know I I'm pretty good about giving myself a little bit of time and then like moving past it. Like, mm-hmm. But I know some people who struggle with how much pressure mounts to them, and then compounds everything else around them, mm-hmm. and then and they end up making like some critical mistakes or errors, whether it be. Nutrition, not going to the gym, not doing their daily task, which then affects other people. Um, so, yeah. How do you define pressure, Jenna? Fucking sucks. <laughs> Great definition. <laughs> That's a good definition. Uh, sure, you're feeling. I don't know. Just feeling like stressed. I guess. I don't know. I'm not good at. Well, you're not good at talking on a podcast. You're right. No, I'm just not good at like coming up with. I mean, he didn't ask you like to do like math. All right. What is pressure to you? What What do you feel Just like? Just feel when stressed. So and pressure makes you stressed. I guess. Like for you, how does it manifest though? Like when you start feeling pressured, like what are some of the things that you can think of that like you start to experience when you're like, and then then all of a sudden you're at a certain point, you're like, oh crap, I I'm feeling feeling all this pressure. Mm-hmm. I just get overwhelmed, I think, mm-hmm. and but I don't, I don't know. For, for me, that it's the, the the I guess the sensation of just juggling chainsaws, like got a lot going on, and sometimes not feeling like you're not doing well at any of it. Yeah, I think that's a big sensation there. The not so much failure, but just not doing as good as, or not doing not performing to the level that you expect of yourself of a thing. Well, that you've been the way you've been performing like the past six months with the same stuff on board. Mm-hmm. Like now all of a sudden you can't do anything right. Yeah. So, so the first thing uh, they have listed here is 284 million people worldwide are impacted by anxiety uh, when 
and that was a statistic from 2017. Yeah. Um, does this last forever, or do we feel like it, or do we just feel like it lasts forever? And like you just said, you know, all these things that we feel in terms of pressure usually are temporary. I, I mean, but I guess temporary, that's uh, relative. Mm -hmm. But not forever, I guess is what we can say. I think that's the thing is, so when you feel pressure, right, in the moment, does it feel like it's ever going to go away? No. And that's the thing. That's why I really want to hammer on is that we, including myself, when we're under tremendous amount of pressure, we feel like it's never going to go away. That mm. it's just going to be like this forever. This rock's just going to sit on your chest until you either it's, die or, or you get it off. Yeah, you know? but you, at that point, you don't even know how to get it off. You don't mm. even know. Sometimes you don't even know what causes it, right? I was just talking to someone last night about this. You don't even know what it was causing the pressure. It's mm -hmm. just everything in totality was causing this to a bunch of little things. Just yeah, you know how it is. It's yeah. like a million pounds of rock. Okay, it can be done with one rock or, or a million or, of or them. A billion little pebbles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so, still a million pounds. Right. So, you know, it's that's where I really want to kind of dig into is everybody feels pressure in their life. The anxiety thing um, is kind of what I, you know, I thought it was pretty interesting. I wasn't sure how many people in the world was affected by anxiety because uh, Jenna has anxiety. Do you think that makes you more prone to feeling pressure? Mm, not totally, but I think like for me, there's different levels of anxiety. There's like, let me, let me ask, then you answer this one too. Or do you think pressure gives you anxiety? No, I don't really feel like pressure makes me anxious. I, I'll like, it's not even really like things. It's like, I'll worry about stuff that's coming up that I feel is going to make me anxious. Like, I, I have a panic attack disorder, but, um, like, like you anticipate. Yeah. Like if I am nervous about a wedding coming up, like getting to that venue or something, mm -hmm. I, I'll literally like dwell on it until the day of, and then it might be kind of shitty, but most of the time it isn't totally as bad as you work it up. You work yourself as up. what I feel like it's going to be. Go back though. Getting to the venue, explain that to the people who don't know you. Um, like why my anxiety, like what my anxiety is. I, you I say have, getting, getting to the venue that that's, so, uh, really I have not panic a, attacks, <laughs> but I have panic attacks driving. I've had them. Um, my very first panic attack was when I was 14 and I was in high school. Um, I was going through a lot of bad stuff during that time. So I, at the time I didn't realize how much it was affecting me. Um, but I also had like low blood sugar too. I had like, this sounds stupid, but I had a waffle and syrup for breakfast. And for some reason, even to this day, like syrup makes me feel weird because it just spikes my blood sugar and then it drops. But mm. I didn't know like obviously anything about nutrition at the time. Um, but that on top of just like feeling, I guess, anxious because of everything that was going on. Uh, I had my very first one, and then the way that anxiety works, especially with panic attacks, uh, if you have one at a certain place, that automatically becomes a trigger. So you get anxious, anxiety over anxiety. And for me, I had one driving on the highway. Um, so 
I didn't drive for like two years anywhere. I didn't go into Kroger. I didn't go, I didn't go in anywhere, but I was really embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't tell people. And actually one time, um, Brody asked me to follow him like right down the road from here. And I had to like pull over. He was like, where did you go? But he didn't know like at the time that I had that. No, we were going to eat. I was picking your car up or something from the airport. But anyways, I've just had really bad anxiety. Like I didn't tell people, a lot of people that, because it was just something that was embarrassing. By not sharing that, do you think that kind of... It made it exacerbated worse. Exacerbated your conditions. Oh, yeah. yeah. But now I just, like, I'm really open about it. Like, even, like, I just, this like, again, it kind of sounds stupid, but I had my eyebrows done, like, microbladed, and I was nervous about it because I don't like medical things anyways, but I don't like feeling trapped. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I was going to be, like, two hours in there, and so I told her. It takes I was two like, hours to get your eyebrows done? Yeah, like, total. And you call me bougie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get my car waxed and washed and he calls me bougie today. <laughs> she gets her eyebrows <laughs> For done. two hours. Yeah. 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 But I just like. Something that you already have. <laughs> Whatever. I didn't have them. That was a problem. Uh, I just like told her, I was like, I feel, or I was like, I'm kind of anxious about it. Uh, I have like panic attacks and like, just by saying that, it made me feel better that she already knows mm-hmm. that. I feel that way. But. Allowing yourself to be a little bit vulnerable so that way in the event something does go wrong, you know that person isn't going to make fun of you. Yeah, or, or they're not you. like, what's going on? I yeah. think that's the thing. Like when I start to feel that way and then I tell somebody and they don't know, they're like, well, like what do I do? Or like, what yeah, do you How can I help? That's critical stuff because you could get up and you only have one eyebrow done. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty traumatic. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Jenna, get back in. There's only, I don't care. I'm not getting back no. in that chair. Yeah. But, but I don't you know, have one eyebrow. Anxiety sucks really bad. And like, honestly, if I could change like one thing about myself, it would be it. Cause I feel like it runs my life sometimes, but I like try not to let it run my life. <laughs> so for me, um, like the, the, the challenges that I had, uh, dealing with anxiety and depression, a lot of that, now that I have, have time to reflect on it, um, was a result of the conditions under which I was working yeah. in the military. So, you know, routinely in the military and like, I know Blake and, and, um, and, uh, Sebastian and everybody else out there that, uh, military listeners can attest to this, um, Ryan, um, you're given these unrealistic expectations without the resources that you need yeah, and you're still expected to perform and not fail so that, but I was used to doing that for 25 years. So it just became part of my normal. Mm-hmm. Like they would tell you, oh, you have to do all this in my mind. I'm like, we can't do that. And then what do we do? We do it yeah. because we don't have a choice. And of late, I started to realize like, man, that's kind of damaging yeah. to make people work like that. <laughs> Especially for that long, long like repeat, <laughs> repeatedly. Yeah. And so, and I think because you know, in, in the service, it's one of those things where it's a, it's an area, it's an industry where it's like you either perform and if you don't, then you just kind of get brushed to the side, you know, where in, I don't, I don't know if in the corporate world's like that. You know, I think you can survive being mediocre depending on what uh, organization you're working for and be fine. But in the military is like, if you're not in that top 10%, you're just going to get glossed over, which impacts, you know, your, your pocketbook but also affects your ability to move to different places and get different jobs and things like that. But looking back and kind of realizing that, I was like, man, that's probably not, wasn't super healthy. But um, I think conversely though, it helped me 
learn to identify things like bro's talking about, like when I start to have these moments where I'm feeling like, oh, this rock's sitting on my chest. Uh, you know, it's, it's never going to get off. And I'm like, wait a minute, back up, back up, back up. You know, if, it, you know, if I don't get this rock off my chest, what's going to happen? Okay, well, it's just going to sit here until I take care of it. So how can I take care of it? You know, worrying about it isn't going isn't gonna to fix it. Um, so you're just taking the time to acknowledge the fact that you're in a situation that is pressure laden and then taking action to do something about it. Or sometimes maybe not taking action. Because like if you're trying to do everything at one time, sometimes that's not healthy. But, you know, at the same time, if you try and do nothing about it, uh, you know, that's probably not healthy either. So it's, I, I'd argue that it's situational based. Um, so pressure from external pressures, like how often do we allow those things to impact us and, and, do, and do those things uh, cause us to make poor choices? So peer pressure maybe, or perceived exterior pressure, because you talk about things like uh, food, working out, not going to the gym, like those secondary, those poor choices that we make that um, like make those conditions yeah, that, that make those conditions worse. Yeah, I think that's a my opinion a reflection of I don't know how many people I've talked to. Uh, they've had a bad day. They got a lot going on. They're under a lot of pressure. I've heard that a bazillion times, mm-hmm. and that's why they haven't been at the gym. Okay, so they're shifting priorities, I guess maybe. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, here's the thing. I say, definitely understand that. Been there. We've all been there. Done that. Um, I said, or I say, do you, do you feel good when you come to the gym? Do you feel better when you leave the gym? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so you remove the one thing, the one thing that you feel great about. Okay. You come in. Yes. It still sucks, but mm-hmm. you come in, you feel better about yourself because maybe you get that muscle up that you've been trying, or maybe you get 15 double owners in a row and you've never hit more than five or mm-hmm. just the people around you. Uh, as soon as you walk in, they're encouraging. They're there for you. So the one thing that you feel great about, the one thing that makes you happy, the one positive thing when you're under all this pressure, you remove it. That makes so much sense. But why do we do that? Because we make poor choices when we're under under stress. Under stress. That's that's in everything, you know. From, you know, you talk about military police officers. You know, you really don't know. You go to war, right? This is the biggest thing. You go to war and you're a combat or infantry. You don't know what it's actually going to be like until it actually happens. When you're under that amount of stress, that hey, this is real. I can die. This is not training. Yeah, you know? this is not training anymore. And how do you react out out of that? You could have someone as com- myself. I think I would do well, but I don't know that. Because you've never been, I've never put been in that been, situation. Yeah, I've never been put in that situation. And, and the same thing I've heard, you know, not comparing you to a dog, but one thing. A, it's okay, Mo. No, I've been compared well, to worse. No, but we're dog lovers, though. But uh, I've had a couple of friends that were dog handlers, and some of them work at the dog handler school. Um, and they were saying, like, a dog could be great in training, you know, and all of a sudden, uh, the, they said, you really find out what a dog is capable of the first time they have to attack or the first time they taste blood or the first time they're put in a, in a, in a stressful situation. You know, and that's going back to that lizard brain and human beings are like that as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I listened to a podcast, Mike Ridlin, he trained, he was Navy SEAL, but he trains dogs. So he takes a lot of uh, combat dogs, mm. either police 
or uh, military. Mm -hmm. And he reinduces them to society. Oh, like retired dogs? Retired dogs yeah. who are have been killing, been sniffing bombs, killing terrorists, mm -hmm. whatever, working with tier one units. Mm -hmm. um, and they're very active in those units. Dogs that have more jump time than me. Literally, right? <laughs> and uh, more confirmed kills than maybe most. <laughs> um, but reintroducing uh, re them yeah, into, into, quote, society. Society for yeah. them. And, and he, he always talks about the human and dog relationship relationship he's i mean so you're not far off this mm -hmm. guy studies uh dogs on a regular basis and he he always draws that kind of comparison to human and dog thinking mm. um we just have different we, we have our communication is vocal theirs is all body language mm -hmm. and so but we still communicate the same things mm -hmm. um which is kind of weird that's interesting i'll have yeah. to check that out yeah so um but yeah i think food's another one right if we can talk about that yeah. is Stress. When we talk about Stress the, eating, yeah, the right? body image issue, yeah. when I talked about when food was always there for me, no matter what, no matter what, yeah, when I was happy, there was food. When I was sad, there was food. You know, and even you know, I'm sure there's been multiple times in my life where I've made poor choices based off my emotional state that related to food, alcohol, enter whatever. You know, and the problem is right. So we don't go and work out. Okay, so now we feel like we're fat and. Um, um, that continuum of, of pressure. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, not slothy. Um, Gluttonous? I don't know. You just feel like crap about yourself, right? I, yeah. I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but so that adds into the stress. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we made a choice not to go when we know help. We feel better about ourselves no matter what. We've never went and not felt good about ourselves. We take that away. Now we eat food. So we've been hitting our food and been hitting our numbers or mm -hmm. we've been really killing it. Now we eat bad. And now you're bloated and you, when you wake up the next morning and you, you realize like garbage, this, yeah. you know, 3000 milligrams of sodium that you had and, you know, four slices of pizza. Mm -hmm. Um, and now you see it now you feel like crap about yourself. So like you, now you're mad that you're mad about making that decision that made you feel better. And in the moment, now you're stressed because now you got to get back on track because now you, you're really disappointed in yourself. So backtracking to something you said earlier, and you said you talk to people and they say, well, how do you feel when you go to the gym? And they say, good. Has anybody ever said no? They're like, they don't feel good? I've not had anybody. It's just, and it's, it's funny that you say that, that why do we, the one thing that makes us feel good, well, most, I guess you guys listening, but why, why when we're faced with strife or challenges, do we, turn our back on or neglect or fail Instantly to execute yeah. on that thing that makes us feel good. Cause here's the difference, right? Between food and working out, working out will definitely benefit us. Eating bad food does nothing to benefit us except for that one moment of time. It makes us feel that endorphin, that endorphin. Rush, that's yeah. it. Yeah. You had, you the bashed, chemical rush. Yeah. yeah. We just ordered pizza. Right. So, you know, if, if you just finally gave in, you've been really clean, you know, now at 2 a.m. when your stomach's upset mm -hmm. and, and you can't sleep, you can't sleep. This is now why. So food doesn't really do anything for us. Where long term do, yeah. working out, we can come here, we can feel better about ourselves, and we actually progress because, like I said, maybe we did hit a string of double unders that we haven't been able to hit before, mm -hmm. or you PR something, or hell, it doesn't. Maybe you even, just worked out. Yeah, you just worked out and got blew off some steam. So yeah, I think people don't come because, well, at least for me, I'm like you know what, screw it, like, this sucks, I don't feel like doing anything. Like, that's like, <laughs> it's like what I think 
I don't know if other people would feel that way, but I'm, I'm sure just like, they do. screw it. I'm just going to go home and lay there because I And then you feel, feel like awesome shit. about yourself, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm laying here doing nothing. I'm so happy. <laughs> and then Yay. you're like, man, I should have went to the damn gym. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how do we allow something like this that's so temporary to bring us down to such a, a low point? You know, why? Here's an example, right? Or my thought behind this. When's the last time you were under pressure, Jenna? Now. Okay. Well, that's pretty current. <laughs> <laughs> so before then, do you remember when you, what you're under pressure for or what you're under pressure about? Before that? Before now. It's pretty much the same thing that it's been. That okay. I felt like pressured. So, so moving on. Uh, Mo, <laughs> <laughs> when's the last time you were under pressure? Oh, uh, currently, but I, we talked about this before, but you know, this is my first go around as a civilian and my contract is coming up to be renewed in February. So this is uncomfortable for me because in the military, it's like, as long as you haven't got an Article 15 or court-martialed, or, or failed, you know, a bunch of PT tests, chances are they'll let you renew your contract. <laughs> like this, I, like I have absolutely no control over it. And right. it's a little, now granted, I, I'm fairly positive I'll be able to find a job if this contract goes away, but there's still that pressure, that little bit of anxiety, like, man, you know, I could not, quote, have a job, you know, but and before, I kind of throw remember, my hands up. Do you remember before, last time you had pressure? Or do you uh, even recall? Not really, because it goes away. Boom. Yeah. So that's my point, right? He's felt like this before, right? You yeah. felt pressure before? Absolutely. Okay. But he don't remember but I, but what I can't, it is. I couldn't tell you like what the last incident where I was like, oh my God. You know. But in the moment, it like feels you are like, now, yeah. like you're not overwhelmed, I'm sure, but no. we've I, pressure it, situations are different, right? We have high pressure, but it doesn't mean you don't feel pressure. That's the point is- in the moment, it's all we can think about. Mm -hmm. It's all we can focus on. But the last time he felt that way, it's already passed. He can't remember it. Yeah. So I think- It's temporary. It's very temporary. And I think if we can look past that, like, oh, hell, I've been under pressure before and I came out What okay. happened last time? Because I'm under pressure again. It's something <laughs> completely different. So there's a, there's a yeah. in my timeline of life- <laughs> There, <laughs> Over the course of 46 years, I think I've overcome this at least once. Yes, yeah. but we can't recall what it was. or we may, yeah. And maybe we can, and maybe it's been 10 years ago since mm -hmm. we felt this way. Who knows? But I think that's the thing is we let it impact us. We let it bring us so far down. But in the reality is we've already surpassed pressure before. We've conquered it. We've moved past it. And here we go again. Mm -hmm. Like. So why do we why do we say why do we think it, it's going to last the, forever in the moment? Why is it so monumental? Yes, why is it? Yeah, my gosh, think about if it's a test, the buildup of a test, and mm -hmm. then understand you're going to take the test. It's coming. It's coming, yeah. and then then what? Well, I think you think about the what ifs. I think that's like what. Right. Like what if it doesn't work out? What if mm -hmm. it does? What if whatever? Like. I think that's a good, in my opinion, that's how I deal with my stress and how I deal with my pressure is I play out every scenario in my head mm -hmm. and I accept every single one of them. You come up with a solution for each one. Or I just accept them. Or just, yeah. I'm just, okay. Okay, that's what's going to happen. What, yeah. am I, what am I supposed to do? I, I study for this test. If I pass it, this is my next step. If I fail it, this is my next step. I thought okay. you said you guys used hand signals and stuff in high school. Yeah, <laughs> we did. <laughs> 
I am not I, like I, that though. I'm not like I'll accept it. I'm like I will like worry mm-hmm. about that. What if? But she also has anxiety, and I don't mm-hmm. uh, on a regular basis. Like in comparison, not a regular basis, but I don't really. I maybe have been anxious before, but I'm not. It's not like I. The, the level of your anxiety is vastly different than yours yeah. than it is mine. True. Yeah. So she says that she can't function that way, but I'm going to say how many times have you tried to function that way? Right. I don't you know how it, you walk into CrossFit, you don't start snatching 175 pounds, mm-hmm. right? Off the rip. And if I say, Hey, you're going to snatch 175 pounds. You'd be like, oh, right. I can't mm-hmm. even deadlift it. You know, yeah. put this over my head, <laughs> but through a lot of trial, a lot of error, you become better at it. And I think life is no different. People have PTSD, they can learn to live with it. It doesn't go away. No, it doesn't. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Are, things are going to, ma- you know, triggers are going to manifest. But how do you do, and that's my opinion, is how do you deal with them? How quickly can you deal with them and move past them? And I think- well, Part of that is also acknowledging that you're in a situation. Correct. And not letting it overwhelm you. Yeah. Agreed. You have to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. I'm under stress. You have to acknowledge I do have PTSD or whatever it is. I think that's the thing. If, you, if, you're, if you're anxious- this ain't the first time you've had an anxiety attack. No. Okay. You've, you've been past the last one. You got past that. And I think that if you can learn how to, I can't say I hate managing because that's so stupid, but ways to attack it and the fact that get you through it faster because mm-hmm. it's happening. It's just going to happen. Become more efficient in managing it. Absolutely. Or find out how to, but I don't know how often she's ever tried that. It's not like, it's not something that you can totally like manage. You can like manage stress or like things that might be like causing it, but mine's more like symptoms. Like I literally feel like I'm having a, like a freaking heart attack when I'm having Mm -hmm. a full blown panic attack, which to be honest, those are, um, like far and few between now compared to what they used to be. I used to have them really frequently Uh and like maybe what he is saying, like I do feel like I handle it better because I know what's happening. And that and, was going to be my next line of questioning is like, do you feel you've progressed in the management of your anxiety since you were first diagnosed or acknowledged the yeah. fact that you had anxiety? Uh, sometimes, but good. Sometimes I've like, I do feel like I don't have like, like I said, the full blown stuff. I feel like I'm still like anxious a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't, yeah, I don't have like full blown panic attacks much. As much. Do you feel that's a result of you kind of being more aware? Of and, like and, what's going on? Well, of what's going on, but also like building your toolbox to better manage those situations? Yeah. I mean, it's hard It's hard for me like when I can't handle the situation, like it feels like it, like I am stuck in that spot, like it won't the rock not, on the chest. Yeah. Like yeah. It, I literally can't move anywhere. That is kind of something that is hard for me, but Yeah. If you uh, if you're driving and that's a bad example for you, right? But if you're if you're going to the same route you've traveled for six months, and then all of a sudden they have a road close sign, okay? Are you going to take that same road to get to where you need to go? Okay, well that literally has happened to me. But I'm just saying. Do you want, want my answer? This is this is more of a, a general statement, but I'm, you're about to take it to uh, who okay, knows I was where. Like, literal. <laughs> we'll take we'll we'll go there too though, right? So. Um, you're going to change your direction. You're not going to go to the 
you're not knowingly going to drive down a road that you know is closed just to turn around and add 15 minutes to your, your trip. So what you're doing is you're going to pre-plan on how to get around that in the most effective way. And I think that when you're talking about anxiety or anything like that, my opinion, I don't suffer from anxiety, but from what I know that once you are anxious, you're, it's like you're in it, like, right or no? Um, well, I went through a period of time, like literally I went through a year without having any anxiety mm-hmm. and I just had made a huge life change and it felt like a lot of that pressure was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a, a weight had been lifted off. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it like forced me to do things that I didn't really want to do, but, um, I didn't have anxiety for like a year and then literally like one day, one day it just came back and then I started getting it again. Mm. Um, and I, I took medicine for a, a really long time, probably 12 years or more. Uh, and it didn't really help. <laughs> I mean, it's, you, I don't really feel like when it's to that level, it gets rid of it. You know what I mean? I think maybe it like makes it a little bit less or maybe less frequent, but for but, me, but it's never help, helped. Like <laughs> quote, fix the situation. No, that's my point is I think anything you can deal with my opinion for Jenna, if she is going to get anxious and she knows that it's a trigger and it's going to happen, she's going to, it's, it's not what, once it happens, what does she do? What does she do before it? To limit the possibility, yeah. to limit the possibilities of it happening, because it's going to happen, right? So you're going to, you know, I um, this and, guy, and like you said, acknowledging the fact you can't control it sometimes, right? I, this guy, yeah. he's a, uh, he was a Navy SEAL guy. I know I always say that, but I listen, <laughs> I listen a lot of this stuff because I'm in, I'm intrigued by mindsets. Yeah, but what, this was about anxiety, and he had a social anxiety disorder. And he would go to these big benefits. And he and hated every minute of it. He hated it yeah. because um, he, he, he uh, would start drinking and start heavily drinking. And he to, would- To he quote, would, medicate yes, himself. Yes, and yeah. he would start making a fool of himself. Mm-hmm. Then once that happened, he, he stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. But then he stopped drinking. And then people mm-hmm. would come up and they're like, well, what do you want to drink? What are you drinking? What do you want? And now yeah. he's feeling even more pressure. So to, now to drink, to now, drink yeah. now. So no, he, now he does um, like tonic and water with a lime mm-hmm. and to make it look like he's it's drinking, an alcohol. Yeah. yeah. So now so no that's, one, his, that's how he copes with the situation. That's how he copes with it. Cause yeah. he, he goes to these things and he wants to be able to go to these things. But at the same time, he doesn't want to feel like this pressure of you have to drink. What are you drinking? Mm-hmm. Let me get it. Oh, you're so awesome. Yeah. Now he can get rid of that by drinking his tonic. No one knows mm-hmm. if it's alcoholic or not, mm-hmm. but he now, that's his comfort that's zone. That's his tool. That's yeah. his tool. And I think that's what I'm talking about is he knew his problem. He still needed to complete these functions because of who he is, but how can he do that? And that's how he did it. And now he still has issues where the point where he needs to leave and he has a word that he'll use. He needs some me time. Yeah. Uh, because it's just getting too much yeah. for him and he'll use this word and then they, uh, unquestionably he said you have to have that person that will that, that, that knows will your safe st- word that will stop and, and, what they're and doing get you out of and there. get you out of there yeah. and, and no matter when it is so jenna when you have these issues do you ever feel like they're going to last forever or are you kind of like um, able to navigate and like tell yourself okay this is a moment the, sometimes i mean 
Like, I think, I don't know. I just feel like anxiety and obviously like a panic attack is different. So when I have a panic attack, it, I know that it's going to go away, but I still feel like I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like when you, when you feel those things, it's real. It's not fake. Like mm-hmm. my arm will go numb where I get really dizzy mm-hmm. and that freaks me you, out. You have physical yeah, symptoms. Yeah, I have physical symptoms. So that freaks me out. Um, but as far as like anxiety, like life anxieties, um, yeah, I know that it will go away, some of them, but other times, I think the things that make me more anxious, I don't feel like will ever go away. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of what do you use for outlets and like tools, things like that? Um, actually, well, I just started using Headspace, but I haven't used that for like two weeks actually. Is that an app? Or uh, something? It's an app. Yeah. So for me, it's more like. I've always been the person that's like, I think it's weird when people drive home and they don't have any music on, but I did start doing that and then, but I would listen to Headspace. So it was like 10 or 15 minutes you could set it and it was just focusing on your breathing, which at first kind of freaked me out because if you have anxiety and you focus on your breathing, it could be either a good thing or a bad thing. Cause mm-hmm. if you focus too much, then you're going to hyperventilate. But if like, if you like strain kind of like focus too much, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, um, for me, it has been like a good thing mainly to just like shut my brain off and like not look at my phone. Cause I feel like I'm always connected, especially Mm -hmm. with my business. Like I'm always on my phone. I'm always on my laptop from the very first minute I wake up. And like, I tried not to look at my phone when I woke up, but And and I think for the three of us, it's that delicate balance where so much of what our hobbies and businesses revolve around. um, Is being connected. (laughs) Yeah, social media is very uh, key to that because if someone messages me for a gig and I don't respond fast enough, I might lose the gig. There's another DJ. Same thing with yeah. bro. Yeah. You know, someone, some, you know, cause I told you about my, you know, my trip to New York, I, I messaged a box and they never got back to me, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm sure with you, like you're very diligent about keeping your inbox clean. Jenna, same thing with you. If you miss, like mm-hmm. if you miss something like that's real money coming out of your pocket. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like you, you have to, having to find ways to, disconnect a little bit yeah but i also think like those tools are good but i think that it should be used and i don't do this but i'm trying to be like more conscientious of it mm-hmm. like to take was five, that one word or three words <laughs> <laughs> to take like where's she from again where they have different pronunciations cast town, <laughs> cast town. <laughs> whatever but to take like three minutes or something to just like not look at my phone and just focus on chilling and turning my brain off for a second instead mm-hmm. of having to use this app to actually like do that i think it's a good tool but i don't think i feel like it should be incorporated into like every day i do it i do all the time like i don't have there'd be times I'm on my way to the gym or I'm going home. Nothing. The radio's off completely. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Cause like for me, music's very important to me, but there's plenty of times where I'll just turn off the radio. Never just, in my life until this year have I done that. Probably yeah, the last six yeah, months. I'll, I'll turn off the, I'll turn off everything and just drive. Yep. And just like, and, and I, and I make myself pay attention to like what I'm driving by, like this flowers or trees or just the, the sound of the tires on the road you know, and just, and if it's like in the springtime, you know, rolling down the windows and I'm at a stoplight and I can hear birds just trying to be present, mm-hmm. you know, but that, while still trying to be safe. That sounds like that dang, uh, um, 
Vision Quest stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, as, I don't, as I'm eating mushrooms. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, dang. You're doing edibles while you're driving? These birds yeah. are in my ear. Yeah. And, and that's honestly the one thing I, I'm kind of sad about. This particular winter, the snow conditions have been very bad because snowboarding for me is like, I mean, CrossFit is more like a a vitamin where I, I, I use it routinely. Where like for me, snowboarding, that's like... <sighs> like that you get that really good bottle of bourbon or you get that, you cook that perfect steak, like being able to go snowboarding and just like hearing the sound of cutting through the snow he and everything. He's a hippie, guys. He's yeah. a hippie. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is my vision on? quest. Up, but, like, but just that, that whole sensation of like, I am going down this mountain and I'm controlling where I'm going. I am the powder. Yeah, I am the powder. It and just see, like, that would freak you know, me out because I'm not, I don't like to be in control like that, which we would think would be the opposite. Interesting. But I don't like, like for driving, if somebody else is driving on the highway, I'm Gucci. But, 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 my, but, but my people that are into snow sports, you, you'll under, you'll identify with what I'm talking about, but especially like you're going up the chairlift and just, there's a certain sound that is made when snow is falling and it's very peaceful. And you're in the middle of that chairlift. I when agree you're, with that. When you're, there's a, there, when you, when you're in the middle of the chairlift, like between, you know, the, the downhouse and the uphouse, like, and you can't really hear any motors or anything. You just hear like creaking of the chair and just this sound of snow falling. It's just like, it's a very unique sound that just, it brings me peace. Dude, I, yeah. we were, in our last hunting trip, we got some snow and I was in this- Sitting up in the stand? Like just the, so you're in the mountains, the, the sun, you've been waiting for it. Mm-hmm. I, I usually hunt afternoon and evenings there, but I hunt in the morning and the sun had just uh, broke the top of the mountain. So- get the different lights and then it was snowing just the snow hitting like my clothes mm-hmm. now i'm feeling like i'm a hippie but <laughs> but no and then the, but you know what I'm talking the about. smell yeah. the, um just the the calm it's pretty yeah. pretty pristine and i was hunting over a pine tree the only pine tree out of all these woods and uh-huh. it's small and there's like a, a rub on it and um so i was set up on it and it's just funny how everything just kind of was conformed around this small pine tree. Mm-hmm. And it was just, is in the, it is, it's, it's very peaceful. And yeah. I think what it leads to is an escape. Like yeah. we have to learn how to escape once here, or if I have the music on for however many hours and it's loud and I'm <laughs> coaching, I don't want to hear that. So I'll do mm-hmm. a podcast where it takes me to another realm. It takes your headspace somewhere else. Or yeah. I will go to no, nothing at all. Literally dead silent. Uh, I'm cool with that. Just in my own thoughts, which is pretty dangerous, but good <laughs> topics come out of that sometimes. Um, like building that toolbox, like, you know, I know you like to play video games. Yeah. It's a big um, one. You know, when I can, I like to go snowboarding. What do you do, Jenna? <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, no, because like we, I don't think we've ever really talked about what your other thing is. Like, to mm, I was just talking to somebody, one of like somebody else yesterday about this, but I feel like I am kind of bad about that. I think I've mentioned it before, but like my life kind of revolves around a routine. So mm-hmm. I literally do the same thing every day, and most of the time it is working. Like I come here and then I'll work. Mm-hmm. Or do whatever that needs to be done. Whether then, it's working on Jenna or working on Fisher photography. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll do like I come here at like noon, eleven or noon, and she then she beats me here almost every day. Yeah, right? and then I'm like working on my laptop, mm-hmm. working, and then at like three thirty when people start working out, then I'll go out there and stretch, work out, mm-hmm. 
do whatever, go home, eat, and then get back on my laptop and I'll work and do like backend stuff or editing and mm-hmm. then I go to sleep. But for me, it's not good to be doing that because I feel like I need to like... You need a new show or I, watch that I'll watch Office TV for the 800th time. I do watch TV sometimes, <laughs> but I do need like to do other things, I guess, like hobbies or whatever. And I don't... Yeah, but you're a, home, you're a homebody. You I need, am, you but need I need a good series. I need to get out and do stuff more. I did that. You strike before. me as a scrapbooker. I've done scrapbooking. <laughs> a really long time ago. That shit's expensive. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> so the tornado that came through Troy. Uh-huh. Uh, so who was this? I don't remember who it was, but it was like my neighbor or something. He said that his friend that lived down the road, his mother-in-law had <laughs> this... Uh, Shed and she it turned her, it into it was a her scrap- she shed. Yeah, and it, she turned it into oh, the scrapbooking got, thing. Oh, and her husband, man. like, just or her son, like, hated it. He was like, she spends all this money on this stuff, and it got blown away, and everything in there. Oh man, yeah, gone. That sucks. That That's sucks. a lot of money and work. Honestly, that stuff's hard. But anyways, so tools wise, like one of the things that Bro mentioned and Jenna mentioned, just driving with no sound down the road. What else? You know, breathing techniques, stuff like that. Yeah, I used to journal a lot. Um, I haven't done that for a while, but mm. yeah, I would just like journal how I was feeling. Or like if I started to feel anxious in my notes, I would write like what was happening. Because sometimes I think like recognizing what mm-hmm. is making you feel that way, but just writing in general. I, I, I'm going to say the thing that no one else is going to say. You have to deal with it. Deal with the pressure. Mm-hmm. You have to, what's causing it? I mean, my God, is it, if, if the water's on, you can let it run or you can turn the damn faucet off. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to deal with it. And I think a lot of times this cool to, to like, like you're about to blow up. So I need to do X, right? So you I need can't to let it get to that point though. But I'm saying yeah. though, but it does. Some, we're, yeah. we're talking about Agreed. this, right? Yeah. So I, I'm just uh, saying as, as a tool, like we're talking yeah. outlets, right? Yeah. So snowboarding. I like to play Xbox or just pod, listen to podcasts. It takes me to a different world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenna does Headspace, which needs to listen to us some more. Um, but um, <laughs> no, um, what? I, but it doesn't matter if you it, don't deal with it. That's that's to relieve that pressure, so we don't get an AK forty seven and start owning people, mm-hmm. right? We Make got a catastrophic decision, yeah. Which we talked about earlier. We're not talking about food or whatever. We could talk about decisions that can impact our actual life. We have to deal with the pressure. Mm-hmm. And if you don't deal with it, it the faucet does not turn yeah, off it, until you turn it off. No tools that you can utilize will help you in a situation if you don't deal with the situation. I, and that's why I was telling you earlier, I think it through. Worst case, best case, what actually could happen, or am I just being dramatic, a little B about this? Probably. Yeah, absolutely. There's times I am like that. Who doesn't get over dramatic? Mm-hmm. I'm not taking offense to it, but that is a reality. We we do become over dramatic because of the because pressure. In that moment, that yeah. moment, we think it's the end of the world. Everything's going to end. My life sucks. Everybody hates me. No one wants to talk to me. I can't even get a response back from Mo because he's on this. <laughs> I'm going to walk about. He's on a vision quest, smelling <laughs> flowers that are two states over because he's on peyote and like. So I don't know, right? But I'm thinking Mo's pissed at me now because I'm under a, t- 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 uh, a lot of pressure. 
I see his damn bubble seeing it. I'm like, why isn't he responding? And then Jenna's bubble pops up. And I'm like, she's not even responding. You know what? <laughs> Screw the podcast. I'm not even doing the podcast anymore. I don't even want to do the podcast. You guys just stole my joy. And then, you know the topic I had? Screw the topic. I don't even care about this anymore. I'm going to go start doing mushrooms with Mo. <laughs> I would pay money to see you do mushrooms. I would never do mushrooms. I would be like flipping my shit. You don't eat, you you are on mushrooms. Like I think you have mushrooms in your veins. I wish I did. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, deal with the pressure. Yeah, we absolutely. can relieve it, relieve that valve. But that's just, that doesn't that doesn't me playing Xbox doesn't make my problems go that, away. That that's only a temporary fix to a long term problem if you don't address it. And my problem do like sometimes I'm playing Xbox. And these kids are owning me, and I just get more pressure. <laughs> it's like playing golf, you know? Everybody says, oh, let's go play some golf. Yeah. Are you competitive? Do you like hitting your ball into the woods repeatedly and everybody else doesn't? Do you like to not go up and you're on your 10th ball that just cost you $32? That's why it took me 20 years to play <laughs> right. my, my second round of golf. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's that's why at, at the turn if you're playing bad now it's time to see how much you can drink in yeah. the next nine holes yeah let's crank it up a notch but so. uh great topic i'm glad you came up with this one and shared it with us but the fun or ironic thing about this is i saw a quote the other day that i think uh will help us uh kind of wrap all this up and it said no amount of regret will change the past and no amount of anxiety will change the future so say that again no amount of regret will change the past no amount of anxiety will change the future. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it just, just but in it, the man. moment, <laughs> we ain't thinking. Yeah. You know who thought of that? The guy who got out of the moment, or the person who got out of the moment, they weren't thinking that in the moment. Like, it's complete opposite. Like, yeah. I, I would say, how is this t- tied to fitness, right? Because uh, don't neglect the one thing that you're always happy about yeah. doing. And it doesn't have to be CrossFit, it could be working out of any, going to run. Uh, like whatever it takes. If if Mo was so stressed he had to run, that just shows you how much pressure was on him because he does not run. I'm, I'm trying to just I'm trying to incorporate running back into my life. Yeah, but that's as what I'm saying is it, like yeah. we we talked about early. We kick out the things that make us feel good under the worst circumstances that we have, and then wonder why and wonder why we can't like get past like you know what I mean. You remove the one thing and honestly, That's as so a gym right. owner yeah. and talking to so many people, like it literally just gets shifted out of the way. Yeah. And I'm like, and when I say this to the people who do it, they're like, well, I was stupid. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but you're not thinking clearly because of the moment, amount of yeah. pressure of anxiety, all that stuff. Yeah. All right. So before we get going, uh, we want to give a shout out to... Ireland's okayest crossfitter. Yeah, man. Brian, uh, he was raising money to send uh, down to Australia because he's got family down there. And he wound up having to do 200 vested burpees. Right, uh, that, that's American. When you put the euro on that, that's about- Yeah, 170. It's like 167. Yeah, <laughs> you did 167. When you convert it, yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, yeah, and, and to our, uh, much to our, great, uh, much to our um, joy, he didn't die and he posted on Instagram when he completed it. So shout out to you, brother. That was a huge task. Uh, uh, yeah, good on you, man. That money, bro, means more to me than anybody that donated 500,000. Yeah. Because you did the work and they just- who knows? Yeah. So hope everybody's safe down under. Um, for all those of you listening, yeah, we're thinking about you. And uh, that brings this week's episode to a close, except no, for bro's yeah. got something I else. I think what we need to do, 
we need to do a fundraiser for you guys' new uh, didgeridoo album, <laughs> you and Jenna. <laughs> and then we can sell we'll have like we, five different songs of didgeridoo. We, yeah, we'll do different remixes. You we know, re- some of that stuff's like 20 hours. We can release it on SoundCloud. What yeah. was the one on YouTube? It was, it was like 24 hour? hours of didgeridoo oh, or something it? like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like crazy. Well, yeah. We got to do 25 hours of it. <laughs> yeah, we got to one up. We could do world. But you have to do it in 24 hours. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. I'll lose my voice. You can't. It's 25 hours and 24 hours. <laughs> I know, but all I right, whatever. Day. <laughs> so okay. just, all right. Now, <laughs> that brings this week's episode to close. I'm Mo and I'm out. Peace. Bye. Thank you for listening to the One More Rep Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at One More Rep Podcast or on Twitter at Can I Get One More? Or shoot us an email at can I get one more at gmail.com. Where's our pizza? I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, Bullshit. Been- it's been an hour. Chained I like whiskey. You don't like whiskey. Fireball does not count as whiskey. <laughs> uh, wish I had more whiskey, not this shit.